Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. All right, my friend Brian, show us your book. Tell us the title. Where can we find it's it? It's got stuff sticking out all the top. I've got that's notes right. in there, but that's called The Ties That Bind. And the subtitle is Identifying and Breaking Unhealthy Soul Ties. It, it really is a good book. <laughs> uh, this this book has actually, Lisa, gone all over the world. I, It's sad to say, but I'm not sure how many copies are out there. Yeah. And I say that there's a story yeah. behind that because mm-hmm. my publishers did some uh, unsavory things early on. But uh, I, I know of at least thirty or 40,000 of these that are in people's hands. Mm-hmm. We get testimonies to this yeah. day, people that have really yeah. been ministered to by it. So I hope this is helping you as we go mm-hmm. through this. Very, very meaty. Today, we're going to be talking most specifically about sexual soul ties. Yeah. This is a touchy topic. Yeah. Uh, but a necessary topic. It is. Uh, let's start by just sort of uh, acknowledging that the world we live in today is pretty messed up. And there, there's a lot happening today that would have been unthinkable 50 years ago. Uh, the sexual promiscuity is, is quite uh, rampant. Uh, the forwardness in our media, television, Hollywood, uh, it, it's just quite remarkable. Nowadays, in, in, in 2021 and beyond, it's, it's, you know, the LGBTQ, it's the transgender. It's just all the, the ideas and the concepts that fall under the heading of sexual orientation or sexual activity Everything is just in a different place than it was just a few years ago. Right. And so we, I think it's something we need to address. If we're going to live healthy lives, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, it's something that we need to look at. And in the around the topic of soul ties, mm-hmm. it definitely has a great impact. Awesome. Well, let's, let's get to it. Okay. So um, sexual soul ties is simply one category, one type of tie we've talked about. We've talked about relational soul ties, allegiances, alliances, vows, covenants, contracts, business arrangements, various ways we can be intertwined or yoked, if you remember that term we used, yoked to other people. One of the most powerful soul ties, and, and from my experience in teaching this all over the world the last 20 years, Maybe the most challenging to address and grapple with and sometimes even break free from is those soul ties that were formed through sexual relationships. And I think it's because there is a a God-designed factor as it relates to oneness uh, in the sexual act and under the marriage covenant specifically that God designed very early on to be a part of the matrix of how mankind operates. So there's this whole idea that, you know, for this reason shall a man leave his father mm-hmm. and his mother and shall cleave to his wife. That mm-hmm. word cleave there is really interesting because it's, it's talking about pursue, attach themselves mm-hmm. to, become one with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it paints this picture of where you glue two pieces together, but you can't tell where one begins, the other one ends. Mm-hmm. It's just one. And so it's this, there's this design factor as it relates to sexual relationship mm-hmm. that is different than any other type of soul tie we form. So to, to kind of bring you into what this means, anytime there is a sexual relationship between any two individuals, I used to would just say a man and a woman, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but any two individuals, 
there is instantaneously a oneness factor that's brought into the equation that is recognized by creation. Mm -hmm. And by that I simply mean uh, because God said that two shall become one flesh through this act, uh, when two people have sexual intercourse or have sexual relationship, there is something that happens in their soul, even under the most uh, difficult, challenging, under duress type circumstances, there is a soulish connection that is formed that is very deep, very complex, mm -hmm. and very involved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we can talk about sex is designed to be and really reserved for one man, one woman in the context of marriage. We, we know that. Those of us who believe Scripture, mm -hmm. that's, that's mm -hmm. how we frame that. Uh, in today's world, man, sex is just a recreational sport. It's, it's whatever goes, college students having fun, goofing off, friend, whatever. It's just it's all kinds of weird stuff going on. But the point is, anytime you engage in the act, you must know you are picking up everything that belongs to that other person, good and bad. You are becoming one with them. So let's kind of delve into it. Um, a couple of the, the categories here. We've talked a little bit in one of the previous episodes about marriage mm -hmm. and divorce. So obviously, if you've been married before, had sexual relationships with your previous spouse or your former spouse, uh, that there's a, there's a level of covenantal soul tie that mm -hmm. exists there because of the marriage covenant. There's also, of course, the, the idea of the sexual part of your relationship and what that has formed. So both should be addressed. So we'll, we'll take the marriage piece, set it aside. Now we look at just casual sex or promiscuity or, you know, sex outside of the marriage relationship. Let's just say it like that. And I mentioned this briefly in one of the other episodes, I believe. But I, I, I wish I would have brought it with me today. But there is a, a literal mathematical equation that was not done by me or by another ministry. It was done by a study at a university. And they actually looked at the emotional impact of sexual relationships between multiple partners. And they did a full study and, and did a graph of all the math. So if you, if you in your lifetime have been with one person and one person only, then there, out here there's a one. If you have been with two people, and those two people have each only been with one person. There's a number out here that it multiplies out to. They did this whole graph. It was stunning to me, Lisa, that if, if you've been with mm -hmm. one or two or three mm -hmm. people in your lifetime, and then you extrapolate that out, it was hundreds. It's like it's like you had actually slept with hundreds of people, even though you've only been with two or three. And it's because of the math and the way it all works. Now think of this. If I've been with one person, and they've been with three people, and those three have been with eight, right. and, and, and so on, now I'm getting into this thing where I have theoretically, if you look at how this whole thing dynamic works, I have picked up elements and pieces of, of so many different people. It's almost like having a blood transfusion with other people's blood in your body. It's, it's, you've got stuff going on in your soul, not your spirit. Your spirit is incorruptible. But in your soulish arena that's not even your own junk. Can I just tell you, i got enough of my own junk <laughs> to work with. You hear you know, what I'm saying? That, uh, yeah. I mean, i got a little bit. I, don't, I, got, I, got a <laughs> I got my own baggage. <laughs> but I don't need to be grappling my entire life with the, the deficits and the curses and the struggles and the mindsets and the beliefs. I, I don't want all this other stuff to be playing a part in how my life and my destiny turns out. Yet, mm -hmm. with 
as it relates to sexual promiscuity, it is such a huge deal. You could literally be, some of your greatest challenges, some of your greatest battles in life could literally not even be your own battle. You could be struggling and fighting and grappling with somebody else's junk and you just think it's yours. Mm -hmm. And so there is a, to me, there's a, I'm compelled to share with you, there is a need and a great motivation for you to deal with the soul ties of anyone you've ever been with, therefore severing everything that you've ever picked up along the way. So another one that comes up for me a lot, and by the way, I've done this seminar, uh, a weekend full healing encounter kind of a weekend with ties that bind all over the, the world, actually, uh, mostly in this country, but several times in other mm -hmm, countries. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, I, I come across people who have been molested. Right. Uh, people that have been raped. Mm -hmm. It's stunning to me uh, the number of people that I've met that have been raped in, in churches even. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people that have been sexually abused in, in pretty graphic ways, some in very subtle ways. Uh, but the point is, uh, it, it's staggering. In fact, I'll just tell you, my, this is my own informal statistic, okay? Mm -hmm. So I know I've done this seminar at least, let's just say, let's just say 75 times in different places. I know it's more than that, but let's just say 75. And let's say the average attendance to one of those is, is 150 people because it's usually a seminar, not a big church service. Uh, I would t tell you without any equivocation, when I, when I ask people to acknowledge before the Lord, not as a confession like they're confessing they did something wrong, but just to say, I'm not hiding this anymore. This happened to me. Mm -hmm. If you're ever molested, raped, or in any way abused, where it involves something sexual in nature. Lisa, a minimum of 70% of people raise their hands. Yeah, I believe it. In churches. I believe it. I believe it. Now, I suggest to you that there's more sitting there that could have raised their hands, but were ashamed for whatever reason to do so. So the numbers are staggering. Mm -hmm. So we look at, uh, in the U.S., it is stated that 2.5 in 4 people, more than 50% of people, have experienced some form of molestation or sexual abuse. Imagine that for a second. Just imagine. If you if you attend a church that has 500 members, yeah. 250, 300 people have had some form of abuse in their mm -hmm. life that included sexual mm -hmm. uh, acts in nature. Uh, one in four have been raped. Mm -hmm. One in four. Yeah. And so you say, Brian, would God allow a soul tie to be formed even if, something tragic and horrible like that happened to them without their <clears throat> willfulness? I, I'm, I'm, I hate to tell you this, but yes. And I, I have some scriptural proof if I can share that with you real quick. Is it okay if I share that, Lisa? Absolutely. So always, this, this, always is one that, this is one that really got me. I, I wasn't prepared for this when I first came across it. It's in the book of Genesis, right at the very beginning. Mm. Can you believe it? Genesis chapter 34, verse mm -hmm. 1 to 5. It says, Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to visit the daughters of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of that land, saw her, he took her and lay with her by force. Mm -hmm. That's King James' way of saying raped her. He raped her. Mm -hmm. Verse 3 says, He was deeply attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. What a great guy. He rapes her, then speaks tenderly to her. Friggin' jerk. <laughs> I don't know. 
Don't get me started. So Shechem spoke to his father Hamor saying, please get me this young girl for a wife. I want your, I've raped her, now I want her to be my wife. Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, but his sons were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob kept silent until they came in. Now if you skip down to verse uh, 8 of the same chapter of Genesis 34, this is the one that just knocked me over mm-hmm. with a feather. Mm-hmm. Hamor spoke with them, the sons, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him in marriage. The soul of my son Shechem. Shechem was the bad guy in the story. He raped this girl. And the father saying, because of what happened apparently, the, his soul is insatiably drawn to. He can't get enough of. He, he is obsessed with this girl. Mm-hmm. Please let her marry him. Do you understand that even in horrible situations, there can be a soul tie formed? Now, I know for a fact that I'm talking to some people today. 100%. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not even statistically possible that we're not, but I know by the Spirit that we are that we're talking to people that have carried things around for a long time that happened to you that you dismissed as being, well, it wasn't any big deal. It wasn't anything bad. Some of you, it was really bad. Some of you, it was just blatant, horrible abuse or rape. And you've never told a soul about it. I want to encourage you to do something right now. You don't have to do it. It's not a church service. I ain't trying to get you to do anything crazy. But all you have to do is bring it into the light. That can yeah, just something mean wherever you're sitting right so now good. watching this video, say, look, yes, I, Lord, I, t- I know you know, but I'm saying out loud, this happened to me. This is my testament. This is my story. This is good. And just bringing it out into the open, man, it's like this catalyst that sh- propels you into freedom. It's the beginning of that process for you. And I'm, I want to tell you, as one who has experienced it personally, I, I am deeply sorry because I know the torment, I know the anger, I know the shame, I know the guilt, I know the junk mm-hmm. it brings with it. I just know. I've lived it. That's my testimony. I'm sorry it had happened to you, but I am living proof that even though bad things happen to really sweet and good people, there is healing, there is hope, and there is reconciliation because mm-hmm. all that's covered. You just need to bring it out into the light and say, I'm ready to be healed now. I'm willing to talk about this. Mm-hmm. This is what's happened. Big deal. So for those of you who have experienced that, all I want you to do is just, just where you're sitting, just raise your hand and say, hey, Brian, I'm here. I can't see you. Just just, just do it as, a, as an extension of faith almost. Yeah, just say, look, I, I'm here. That happened to me. I'm talking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. That is your first step to healing, I promise you right so now. So good. So good. Anything you want to add to that? I think, you know, I think it's so important that we recognize that every act, every experience comes with a message, right? It and does. So when we've it talked does. about those vows, those internal vows, when you are the victim of some kind of sexual assault, there's a message that's being spoken to you in that moment. Yeah. And that's although right. you, it is not your fault that you were the victim in that particular situation, yes. it is it is your um, empowerment to take authority and take ownership over the message that was left in your heart. Right. Um, and so while we don't want to do any victim blaming, we do want to empower Correct. you as the victim to say, so I need to recognize that 
when this happened, this is the message that I received. Maybe it's that I was dirty, I was valueless, I have no value, I have no worth, um, that I'm not worthy of being treated with respect. I'm not worthy of whatever that message is, that's part of that healing piece to be able to identify that message and say, have I made a vow? Mm-hmm. Have I come into an agreement? We talked about agreement. Oh gosh, right? yes. Have I come into an agreement and has that message, that agreement now navigated how I behave in my marriage? Sure. How I behave in relationships. Yep. Um, and so to really kind of hone in on what is for you to own, because although it's not for you to own the act, the initial act, right? Sorry. That's not yours. Nope. That's not your fault. It is your empowerment. You get to own what it left in you. That's right. Um, and that's the empowerment that we want that's you to great. really step into um, so that you can well be said. set free from this. Talk to me for a minute about pornography. So I was going to go there. Okay, so perfect. so here's my thing about it. Uh, and this is one of those controversial pieces that I talk about. Not that pornography is controversial because it, it just it, it's a reality and a huge percentage of people, including Christians, are addicted to it and, and drawn into it and bound by it. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the implications of that. I I believe, according this is not to shame anyone, by the way. Let me be very clear because it's grace covers all yeah. this stuff. I'm, I'm not. I'm simply saying I do believe that the the world of fantasy and the world of of Keep be, being uh, being drawn into viewing that and fantasizing and being stimulated by pornography. I believe that I am actually engaging in some way in a sexual act with the people that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And so for those that have been addicted to pornography and struggle with that, that was a part of my story as well. I will tell you that I, I, I don't know the names of these people. I don't know how to go back and renounce and repent and do But I can tell you this, I can, I can blanket say, God, you know, and I repent and I renounce and I disconnect from anything that's going on in those people's world. So I, I think it, it's it's viable to say that we need to address that part of it because mm-hmm. there, for people who are truly addicted and live in a life of pornography all the mm-hmm. time and fantasy all the time and what have you, some people can't even have a healthy relationship sexually with their spouse because of pornography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to project that stuff onto their mm-hmm. their their marriage sex. But the point is, is that you need to deal with that because it very much plays into this as well. Yeah. Let me let me kind of approach it from a woman's perspective. Not that women don't can't and don't engage in pornography, but there oh, they was do. there was a time and a season in my life where I read a lot of romance novels. Same exact thing, it's fantasy. And, and it, yes, and so it kind of it kind of put into my head this ideal for marriage That's and right. what look what I wanted, and and I lived in this fantastical world, and that became an ideal yeah. that I became one with That's again. So I had to really break that. Um, so that I could enter into a realistic, a, a, um, real, relationship. a real relationship yeah. with my husband. And so I love that you brought up that the pornography really is more about the fantastical side of it. It is. It's, it's um, fantasy. It's, it's, it is actually creating a pseudo-reality, and it is, uh, it is it's almost an idol. Mm-hmm. Because I, I am, to use another word that Paul used, I am, I am bringing up an image mm-hmm. before me that is a false image image. Yeah. Okay. So it's not truth. Mm-hmm. It's not a true image of what life looks like. It's not a true image of what sex looks like. It's not a true image of what marriage looks like. It's just, I am, I'm being one with an image that is not truth. Right. And when I, when I agree with that or come to agreement with that, I am actually really, really hurting my chances of having a healthy relationship with yeah. the one that I truly am, mm-hmm. am drawn to and that God put me with. Mm-hmm. 
I want, I want to share with you something here that, that I think is important too. Let's just talk about, and this, this is true of all sexual relationships, whether it's, it's as a kid or something stupid you did as a teenager or you know, being really promiscuous in your earlier years or even now, whatever it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how I see it working, okay? This okay. is a little thing that I, I, I like to show. Let's just say for a moment that this little white card right here is represents your whole self, your whole soul. It, it, it represents wholeness. You are 100% together. When I, when I have sexual relationship with someone, according to Scripture, and I become one with them, I'm literally giving them a piece of me. So if I have sex with a person, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of taking a part of my heart or my soul, and I'm giving it to that person. So I no longer have that. Think about that for a second. I got a buddy of mine who, a dear friend, he's, he's obviously healed and, and saved and doing much better now, but just out of high school, he became super promiscuous. He's in clubs all the time. And uh, to, by his own admission, I asked him one time, I said, how many girls have you been with? It was hundreds. It was just, it was some mm-hmm. ridiculous amount. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking to myself, every time you're with someone, mm-hmm. you're, you're giving them a little piece of you. There's just pieces, 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 just constantly. I mean, and I, I'm literally tearing away at my own soul. There's an interesting scripture that where the Bible says, possess ye your, what? Soul. soul. Mm-hmm. What is that about? What is that? I, if I don't have possession of my mm-hmm. whole person, my whole soul, how can I possibly right. give myself wholly to anybody, my mm-hmm. wife, to the Lord, to uh, friendships? Really, if I have broken myself up, now watch this. A lot of people do all this stuff before they get married. <laughs> this is what they bring into their marriage. And they come, they come to the altar with this, and they make word vows that really have little meaning because they're saying, I give you my whole body, my whole self. And, you know, they represent the fact that they're giving their whole person to this, this other individual. Mm, and yet they really don't have much to give at all. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why in their married life, there's not much zing there. There's no love there. There's very little. It's because it's, it's on a false pretense. So what you have to do is you have to go into the courts of heaven and begin to take pieces back and, and deal with things one by one. And as God brings them to your remembrance, you you renounce, you repent, you, you restore. And over time, what happens is you're putting this back together and now you can possess your soul. And it, it looks like this again. So it's good. just, it's back so together good. again. And that's the thing about sexual soul ties is that you're constantly uh, giving pieces of yourself away. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I, I've raised my kids to to understand this concept. I don't I can't guarantee they'll honor it or live it out. I don't know. They're they're adults now. It's it's up to them. But I've driven this home in their minds because I want them to not have the regrets I had. Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to stand in front of their wife or their husband. Uh, I've got a son and a daughter and and look them in the eye and say I I can honestly say I'm giving you my whole heart, or if, if for some reason they made a mistake along the way, that's fine, mm-hmm. but they've been restored back to wholeness so they can mm-hmm. give them. So this is a really important piece. So it's really good. It's really good. I got one more thing to say about sexual soul ties, but go ahead. Right I know on. you have something no, to say. Go. Okay. So I'm just why are, it all in. <laughs> why are sexual soul ties so uh, challenging to to break free from. I, I have found over the years that they're the most difficult to get people to really lay on the altar and deal with. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I go back to what I said at the beginning of this, this section a moment ago. Mm-hmm. There is something so unique and, and divine about how God intended sex to work and its purpose, its function, not only for procreation, but for intimacy and oneness. And so I, I want to just drive that home that I... I, I don't believe there's any one sin that's that's greater than another. We talk about that sometimes, right? I would suggest to you, just from my perspective, that sexual soul ties have more tentacles. They have deeper roots. And they sometimes can be anchored so much deeper in our soul where it takes a little more work, a little more diligence, getting with good coaches and people that can help you process through mm-hmm. to get where you need to be because... A lot of times these these emotional, again, it's soul, right? So it's our emotions, our mind, our will, our, our desires, our uh, our appetites are all wound up in this, mm-hmm. this matrix of stuff. And I do believe that when it comes to sexual soul ties, they are a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. I think that's something a lot that comes back to also, you talked in the very beginning, just the noise and the message of the world. The oh, man, we're, we're inundated with it every day. Yeah. yeah, and so it's so difficult when we're in a system that has normalized, Normal, I said, I was normalized promiscuity. And so it, it's to hold that line and to say it's possible that there are some things in my life that are the way they are because I have some unhealthy soul ties that need to be broken because of yeah. sexual promiscu- promiscuity in my past. Right. Or, or things that have, have been, like we talked about, that abuse. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that you were engaged in it. You could be the victim in the situation, Correct. but there are still things that need to be dealt with. I, I want to just stress one thing as we wrap this up. And we're going to come back in the last session here in a moment, and we're going to deal with identifying and breaking these We're going to give you the antidote. We're not yeah, going to yeah, leave yeah. you hanging out. We're not going to leave you hanging But I, I want to stress this before we even do that, Lisa. I want to say uh, one thing that I have learned in my years of walking out my own healing is that there is no condemnation. There so is good. no shame. If, if you're dealing with shame, I can assure you that's not coming from God. Uh, guilt and condemnation are not elements or tools that God ever uses mm-hmm. to to get our attention. Mm-hmm. I do believe he draws us with love. I do believe he b- brings people like us alongside of you in a video just to make you aware of a truth that maybe you weren't exposed to before. Mm-hmm. And because now tr- you have some new truth to work mm-hmm. with, that truth can begin to set you free. Yeah. So I, I want to make it very clear here as we're talking about past mistakes, or, or lifestyles that maybe you led at one point, or struggles that you're even having today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, want, I want to be very clear. There's no shame <laughs> mm-hmm. being thrown here. We have no stones. And, and I, want to, I, I feel like I have to say that because there's so much religious garbage yeah, that yeah. goes on because we, we tend That's to good. use condemnation or fear motivation to get people to, to repent of something. Listen, at the cross, it was all taken care Amen. of. The work's Amen. finished. It's all Thank done. Jesus. We just have to know how to appropriate what Christ has already done for us. So mm-hmm. we're just here telling you, here are some principles and some concepts and some things that we've learned that that are ways to go and say, now I can take what God has completed and done for me, and I can say, I'm going to take that and appropriate it in this place, this place, mm-hmm. this place, and this mm-hmm. place, because I need to be free. So, good. so it's now just work we need to do by way of confession and repentance and some things but there's no shame. There's no guilt. 
You are, you are a son, you are a daughter of the king, and he loves you unconditionally. It's all good. We just want to see you walking in the fullness, the full measure, the full scope, no limitations of what he has so for good. you. And this is just one little piece of kind of walking that out. So good. So again, hit that notification bell because in the next episode, we are going to, by we, I mean he is going to like walk us because I'm with there with you. We are going to walk you through uh, just what it looks like to set free, get set free from these um, unhealthy soul ties uh, that perhaps you are struggling with or that have been illuminated. I, I mean, I hope, I, I feel like there's been some things, we, yeah. offline we've kind of had some conversations yeah. about some things in our own life, which has been good. Um, so you are not alone. You're not the only person out there going, oh my gosh, I'm probably the only person in the world. Go ahead. I, I want to, before you close yeah. it out, because yeah. I, know, I know what you're going to do in a minute. You can close <laughs> it out. Let me, uh, let me give you some homework. That's good. So, First of all, if you've not watched the previous videos in this series, please start from the beginning and just kind of walk through with us, okay? I want you to, I want you to, to go back and listen to some of those again. And as you begin each of those, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, shine a light. Mm-hmm. If good. there's any area in my heart or in my soul that's not reconciled, not, not whole, and, and you know that there's so much more for me, uh, just just shine a little light there and l- make me aware of it. And as as you understand those things and those things are being revealed to you, get a journal out, make some notes, start writing things down. If God brings a name to your mind that you need to break a soul tie from, write that name down. Mm-hmm. Just kind of go back through and be thinking about this. If you maybe you go back and watch them again, but at the very least, take some time and journal if you've not already been doing so. Names, incidents in your life, events associations, allegiances, alliances, things that you feel like are holding you back from becoming and experiencing everything God has for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's important you take that time. Yeah. And if you go back and read through, I'm going to reiterate too, that some of those names can be the names of emotions. Oh gosh, yes. So you can you can be in an unhealthy soul tie with a spirit of fear, with a spirit of failure, with a spirit of unworthiness. Um, so again, to reiterate what Brian said, go back and rewatch and you'll see all the different soul ties that there are out there. But either way, God has freedom in mind for you. Yes. This is not just something for he and I or for everybody else watching except for you. No, God no, has no. healing in mind for you. So hit that notification bell because we want to make sure you get the next episode, which is what do I do about this? Now this has all been exposed. Help me, Brian. He's going to help you get set completely free. Remember enforcing purpose. It starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.